This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid, and thanks to all of you for joining us again today on Messianic Vision. I'm your host, Donna Chavis. We've got a topic for you today that, honestly, we don't hear a lot about, especially in the church. But according to our guest, it's vital that we become knowledgeable about it. I'm talking about the New Age movement, and also, according to our guest, it isn't new, but it is certainly making a comeback and dominating our culture. The statistics truly are staggering. Well, after being drawn into the New Age himself and then finding freedom, he is now on a mission. Now, this is his words to destroy the works of the devil through the power of testimony, the power of Jesus' blood, and the power of God's Word, which is the truth. Please welcome to Messianic Vision, Stephen Bancars. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Donna. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Steve, I didn't know a lot about this topic before I started working on this program with you. Can we start out today's program by, by you explaining exactly what is the New Age Movement? Right. The New Age movement, it's a spiritual movement that allows its adherents to draw from a mixing pot of spiritual beliefs and practices to create and form a type of spirituality that suits themselves. So the New Age movement, that type of spirituality, it will, it will encompass things like Buddhism or Hinduism, uh, Eastern mysticism, Gnosticism, the occult, and practices such as Reiki or meditation or yoga, crystal healing, channeling. Uh, astral projection, and so forth. And, and the end of this type of spirituality, the point of it, um, it's trying to work toward a state of planetary unity mm-hmm. um, where, you know, all of the world religions are kind of united under this one spiritual principle of love and of God being the substance of mankind, the substance of nature, and to work toward personal enlightenment for each individual. So it's really meant to try to raise the collective spiritual understanding of humanity to such a high level that world peace is now a result. Mm-hmm. Um, that every, you know, also every every human being is um, taught and trained that they are ultimately divine, they're ultimately God by nature. So the goal of the New Age movement, it's, a, it's, a, it's attempt, is to wake people out of materialism and to help people realize that they are God, that God is all, that all is God. And this, of course, is very dangerous because it echoes the exact same lie that Satan told to Eve in the garden, that through self-realization, that through some kind of practice, um, we can become as God or as the gods. And so the New Age movement, as you said, it's based in a really ancient deception of self-godhood, of the divinity of man, except rather than a snake telling it to us, it's now you know Deepak Chopra or Eckhart Tolle. Um, New York Times bestselling authors, or it's Jim Carrey, or it's Oprah Winfrey. So some people listening to this might think, well, I haven't really you know, seen this in, in the world. I haven't really seen this in the culture that much. Just to give you a couple um, statistics real quick to demonstrate the, the pervasiveness, mm-hmm. you have 40% of Americans say that they meditate at least once per week. Um, you have 36 million Americans who are actively practicing yoga. It's a $10 billion industry right now. You have 27% of the American population that identify as being spiritual, 
but not religious. And this number continues to grow year after year after year. Um, actually, uh, just recently this last year, uh, a study came out showing that there's more witches in America than there are Presbyterian Christians. Um, actually, uh, in October 2018, after the book uh, was, was published, our book was published, there was a study that came out by the Pew Research Center, and here's what they found. This is staggering. It showed that 62% of the American population holds at least one New Age belief, and they only tested for four beliefs. They only tested for the belief that there's spiritual energy present within nature. Mm-hmm. That psychics offer some kind of reliable insight into the future in astrology and in reincarnation. And in reality, there's scores and scores of New Age beliefs. There's hundreds of New Age beliefs. And 62% of Americans believe in at least one of the mere four that they tested for. And the study also, the same study, it found that 61% of professing Christians also hold at least one of these beliefs. And once again, it doesn't account for these other New Age ideas, such as pantheism, the idea that um, God is somehow equivalent to the universe, that the universe is divine. It doesn't account for the idea that man is divine or that all paths lead to God or the belief in the Eastern principle of karma. I would say if you were to take into account all New Age beliefs, a very conservative estimate would be maybe 80% of professing Christians hold at least one New Age belief, which in my opinion, that's nothing short of a, a theological crisis in the church right now. And it's, yes. it's extremely dangerous because these teachings, they are demonic in nature, right? There's demonic principalities behind these teachings. And demonic encounters, they're extremely common in the New Age movement as well. Any practitioner will tell you that. And so this really does go back down to, um, you know, First Timothy 4.1, that in the last times, people will devote themselves to the teachings of demons. And that's precisely what we are seeing happen right now in the last times through the New Age movement. My goodness, Stephen, just, we just started, and I'm already overwhelmed, and just seriously, it, it, it's like we said at the beginning, these statistics are staggering. Do you think that, that, that a lot of Christians don't even know that they're involved in things like this? Is it something that they just think is cool, or it's kind of enticing? You know, some of the words like, oh, being enlightened, and that kind of thing, some of it sounds almost exciting and enticing, but... What you're saying is not not that at all. It's it's dangerous. Well, it does sound exciting and enticing, especially when you have uh, professing Christians um, advertising New Age material. And and I don't want to pick on on one individual or one teacher, but um, to bring up Oprah Winfrey again, she continuously year after year says, "I'm a Christian. I'm a born again Christian. I believe in the Bible." You know, she calls herself a Christian. She quotes from Scripture, but she also advertises. New Age doctrine. She has some of the most prominent New Age teachers ever on her programs, like Second Soul Sunday or even the Oprah Winfrey Net, uh, program. Uh, so, for example, there, there's a book uh, called A Course in Miracles. Okay, so you can get this at any you know bookstore in the New Age section. A Christian might pick this up and look through it and see, oh wow, there's all this really interesting information about spirituality, about enlightenment, about what it means to be you know a spiritual creature in a human body. Look how many times they're using the word Jesus and Holy Spirit yes. in the Bible. There, you'll see the word Holy Spirit in that book hundreds of times, the word Jesus hundreds of times. And this is a book that's sold millions and millions of copies. This is a book that's been promoted by Oprah herself publicly. Okay, so this is not, this is not a fringe-type uh, spiritual movement anymore. This isn't a handful of hippies in Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> this is being advertised by some of the most prominent you know, social influencers on the planet right now. And like you said, when you have people who are Christians advertising this stuff, mixing in with this stuff, and when you have pastors being largely silent 
uh, on this material. That's why uh, my co-author and I wrote this book, The Second Coming of the New Age, because we really wanted the Church to be educated and equipped to combat New Age deception. The Church is largely silent on these issues, even though statistically, we just looked at a few of the statistics, it is the most dangerous threat to the Church right now. And, and pastors, um, you know, God bless them, but they're, they're misled in thinking that atheism is the main problem and concern for the Church. Uh, it's not. That only represents about 3% of the American population. But you have billion-dollar New Age industries dominating the West. Right. As the majority of as the majority of professing Christians statistically subscribe to New Age ideas. So what my heart cry is, is to give the Church uh, a resource where they have these teachings outlined and then debunked as a way to help educate themselves against this onslaught, right, of New Age spirituality. Because God says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Well, I I have more knowledge about this subject than I have ever in my entire life, and I am just, uh, I, I'm amazed by it. Um, Stephen, I, I know this is personal for you. Why, you, you know this inside and out, why did you write the book, and who's the book for? I wrote the book because um, I was seeing a gap in the church, Christians around me in my life, they had no idea what the New Age movement was, what it taught. And I had, you know, when I came out of the New Age movement, I was a prominent teacher. I had one of the largest New Age websites in the world. I was a guest author for the largest New Age website in the world. I had hundreds of thousands of people following my Facebook page. I had uh, tens of thousands of people asking me questions when I came to Christ and started trying to share the gospel with them. And there was really no resources on this for me to give to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no resource to put into the hands of a New Ager and say, hey, here's a Christian perspective on those thoughts and on those teachings. There was also no resource I could put into the hands of fellow Christians who, you know, I was friends with, you know, YouTubers, Christian YouTubers, Christian apologists online. And they're saying, hey, when I'm trying to evangelize the people, and that they start talking about Christ consciousness or how the universe is divine or their belief in spirit guides or the belief in reincarnation. And I don't have any defense for this. I don't, I don't understand right. how to engage with this. Right. And so I was seeing, you know, there's so many people interested in this type of spirituality right now, and um, there's so many Christians who are also subject to this kind of deception in mm-hmm. their lives, and there really wasn't any solid resource, one solid resource that addressed these things all under one cover. And so um, my desire in writing this material was to educate people on both sides of the fence, both Christians and those in the New Age movement, on here's what science has to say, here's what, what history has to say. Here's what the Bible has to say, most importantly, about why this New Age philosophy and these New Age practices are both unviable and also uh, demonic and dangerous in nature. Right, right. I'd just like to say right here, you know, usually we don't talk about uh, the resource that we're offering until later in the program. But I want to say right here, because I feel like it's so important, um, if you are a pastor, an apologist, a minister of any kind, this book will educate and equip you to combat the deception of the new age. Um, If you are someone who is a believer who have found yourself in aspects of the new age and you want to leave it, this book is for you. If you're just wondering and curious and need to know what it is, this book is for you. And above all, this book is to exalt the truth of the gospel in the name of Jesus above the enemy and all his lies, which is what Stephen found in the new age. But Stephen, let's go back a little bit. I want to start. Now, now you were raised in a Christian home, uh, went to a Christian uh, homeschool, and your parents Parents were charismatic, so all good there. Uh, tell me just a little bit about your upbringing 
and when that changed. Right. Yeah, I had a textbook Christian upbringing. I had two Christian parents, grew up in the church, Christian private school, Christian homeschooling. Uh, my mother was actually a, a fan of uh, the Sidroth, which showed me uh, snippets of the program to kind of in- spark my interest in God and in the supernatural component of, of the Christian walk. And so, you know, I had a mother praying for me all the time, always ministering to me, you know, doing everything she really could to uh, keep me in the faith and preserved in the faith, and yet I still got stuck into the New Age movement. That's imp- an important note, too, for, for parents listening. It's not your fault. If you have a, someone who you know goes off the deep end, it's not your fault. I had a textbook family, and it happened to me. And this really all started when I came across information I really hadn't heard Christians explain before that seemed to contradict the Bible. They, it really didn't, and the information was flawed, but to me it seemed like it contradicted Scripture. In particular, what I had come across was the evidence for aliens, so things like UFO sightings, alien abduction accounts, and even you know alleged evidence that the ancient world may have been visited by advanced civilizations for thousands of years and helped maybe build some of these monolithic structures we see in the ancient world. And so I started to have thoughts like, okay, on what day did God create the aliens? Did Jesus have to go die on every other planet that had intelligent life? Did they each have their own version of the Bible? Um, How do we explain this contact material that they are giving to mankind in visitations? Because aliens don't just uh, uh, visit people, uh, apparently. They give people information and material, and it's often antichrist in its orientation, explicitly antichrist. And so I had all this information um, being presented to me, and initially it was not, you know, I didn't get this just from some kind of fringe website. This was the History Channel Mm -hmm. promoting this stuff to me. It was a program called Ancient Aliens, which is still on there, that actually led me into the New Age movement in the first place, because a lot of the people on that program, they hold to New Age views on the afterlife, the soul, God, human history, and so alien research really is one of the number one, one, number one doorways into the occult. So when I started to uh, research a little bit more into the alien phenomenon, I also came across stuff like past life therapy or reincarnation or mind science, different types of uh, spirituality, um, lucid dreaming, astral projection. I actually had this one experience where I was in a lucid dream, and for those who don't know, real briefly, a lucid dream is a dream where you're consciously aware that you're dreaming as you're dreaming. So consciousness sets in, and now you're like, okay, wow, I'm in the dream world. And I had one of these dreams, and um, I believe it's a demonic practice in and of itself, but I got pulled out of my car by this being in my lucid dream. I got pulled up out of my car, and I was hovering 20, 30 feet over the housetops, and this being had red skin with black markings on his face, and he was about 20 feet away from me, and he had a red cloak on, and he had a third eye. And between his two eyes, he had a third eye, and that in, in the New Age movement represents um, psychic empowerment and spiritual spiritual power, because there's a belief in the pineal gland and the pineal gland chakra, and when that becomes awakened, you now have this supernatural insight into the spirit world. And his third eye opened at me, and I kind of got sucked into it, kind of like a vacuum. And there was about three seconds of darkness, and when I opened my eyes, I found myself hovering in the air over my body, four feet in the air, in my bedroom. And I sat up in the air, and I was looking around left and right, and I was realizing my light, my body was lighting up the room, at least vaguely. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm out of my body. I got pulled out of my body by this creature. And I started to try and fight to get back into my body. And I was like trying to force myself back down into my bed. And I could see my, my light leg or my astral leg, as it's called in the New Age, you can go in and out of my physical leg. And it was like, my mind was like flickering. Like it was really electrical. It was this really intense experience. And it was terrifying because I didn't have any sovereignty over this. I got pulled out against my will and I couldn't get back into my body. And then once I did get back in, I got pulled out a second time 
against my will. And so finally I woke up and, and I thought to myself, wow, I was just I was just out of my body. And I went to um, university at the time to study philosophy. I was a philosophy major and, and in the Greek and Roman philosophy class that they, they, were, they were debating in the class about the existence of the soul. Does the soul exist? And I had just been outside of my body. I thought, well, of course it is. I just cracked 3,000 years worth of debate overnight. And I thought this was like God and the universe giving me some kind of special insight into the nature of reality. And so basically my practice and my research culminated to a point where I decided I need a Facebook page teaching this stuff to people. Let me stop you right there and just say this one thing. Okay, even though this was a terrifying lucid dream, I mean, you were terrified and it was it was not a good experience, like great, floaty a wonderful free experience. It was a terrifying experience. But yet, because of all your research and what you are into, you thought, oh, God must be, this must be something that the universe is telling me, oh, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right track. That's right. Because a sign in the New Age movement that you are uh, walking close with God or close with the universe, they'll just, you know, call the universe God, they'll equivocate those two terms, is that you have. Um, supernatural powers and supernatural insight, supernatural ability. Um, this is evidence of being enlightened. To have that kind of sovereignty over your body and over your spirit body that you're able to facilitate out-of-body experiences, I thought that was divine. Mm. I thought God was, was partnering with me to say, hey, you know, you're more than just your flesh. You're a spirit and a body. Let me show you. Wow. I thought God was uh, allowing these things to happen in my life, and I was terrified. I mean, I was definitely scared. But in the New Age movement, you're trained that, you know, reality is perception and that an experience is neither good nor bad. It comes down to what labels you choose to attach to it. And so I trained myself to suppress um, very clear evidences of darkness and of demonic oppression in my life by the philosophy that I was being sucked into. It taught me to suppress mm -hmm. red flags. So even though you were positioning yourself as a new age teacher, you know, and like, you know what, I can literally help millions of people come to enlightenment, your own life, I mean, terrifying experiences like that, I mean, your own life was, was almost coming to ruins. My old, my old life was absolutely in a state of ruin, so um, as I was uh, in the new age movement, my life was uh, completely morally depraved. And um, as you mentioned, I had a, a website. I was teaching this stuff online, uh, one of the largest New Age websites in the world. I made it in 2014 and, you know, hundreds of thousands of views a day on this website. And that just shows you the thirst and interest people really have. Yeah. And, and I wanted to mention, too, right before we go to break here. Now, this is you were a young man at this time. Um, you were you had a lot of money. You had a lot of possessions. You had a lot of notoriety as this this enlightened teacher who were who was enlightening other other people. So you you said that you thought, well, it must be God. Everything's going so great. It must be God telling me I'm I'm right. What a deception! Oh my goodness! It's so deceiving. Listen to how de dece deceived I was. So I was making you know sixty thousand dollars. I made that in my first month. I was making you know forty fifty on average. Um, you know, I was 22 years old, living in a 4,000-square-foot house and um, teaching New Age doctrine, you know, denying every single essential teaching of Scripture and Jesus. But I remember I bought my sports car cash, and I literally said to my father as I'm sitting inside this car, I said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all this will be given to you. 
And this is the level of deception I was in. I thought that because I believed in some version of Jesus, Mm -hmm. he was on my side. Mm -hmm. Of course, I redefined Jesus away from being a monotheistic Jew who taught that he was the only path to God to being an Eastern mystic who taught us how to ascend to a state of higher consciousness. But by having at least some version of Jesus, it helped me satisfy these sympathies and intuitions I had about Christ. And that is the way a lot of people are sucked into the New Age movement in the first place is because New Age teachers, they will redefine Christian ideas and Christian terms and attach New Age philosophy to them. And yes. it's extremely deceived, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was bad news. Okay. I tell you what, let's take a, a break. You've been listening to our guest, Stephen Bancars, and Sid and I, we just cannot wait to get this powerful, life-changing, and possibly life-saving resource in your hands. It's the brand new book, The Second Coming of the New Age, and Stephen's brand new and exclusive teaching series, The New Age Exposed. You can't get this anywhere else, so I want you to be sure and listen for Sid at the end of the program to tell you how that you can get it. So Steve was deep in the new age. He had found himself a depressed, violent, delusional addict whose life was in ruins. How did he get free? Well, I know if you're listening, you're asking that same question. We're going to find out right after this break. Stay with us. Call now and get Stephen Bancar's prophetic eye-opening book, The Second Coming of the New Age, and his powerful three-part audio CD teaching set, The New Age Exposed. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9601. Through Stephen Bancar's new book, you will clearly understand the Antichrist spirit of the New Age and how entrenched its practices have become, even in the church itself. You will read what Stephen Bancars personally witnessed from his experience as a highly acclaimed teacher within the New Age movement. Discover the real and dangerous supernatural force lurking behind the New Age. Find out the connections between the New Age, fallen angels, extraterrestrials, and the Nephilim. Connect the historical associations between the New Age movement and Satanism. See how the central deity of the New Age is a thinly veiled version of Leviathan, the ancient personification of chaos. Realize how quantum physics is being manipulated to promote the New Age agenda. Learn the warning signs and influences of the occult in your life and home. Understand how to reach family and friends lost in the New Age movement. You will also receive Stephen Pankar's three-part audio CD teaching set, The New Age Exposed, on CD number one. He covers what satanic supernatural reality accompanies New Age practices, how you can identify New Age teachings and practices in your life or in the lives of others. On CD number two, he covers the dangers of yoga, crystals, astral projection, and more, how the New Age even is infiltrating the church. On CD number three, he covers the difference between believing in a personal God versus an impersonal force, the power of the Holy Spirit versus the counterfeit of the New Age. On every audio CD, Stephen prays for you to receive more discernment. Don't miss out on getting Stephen Bancar's prophetic eye-opening book, The Second Coming of the New Age, and his powerful three-part audio CD teaching set, The New Age Exposed. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9601. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9601 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Messianic Vision. I'm Donna Chavis, your host today, and we are here with Stephen Bancars, uh, and we have been talking about something that that we said earlier. Every single person on the face of the planet needs this material, and especially if you're in the church, any uh, if you're a believer, if you're a pastor, if you're a minister, this is vital, vital, vital information. So stay with us, uh, Stephen. I, I I'm just in awe at your your story so far, but I know everybody's on the edge of their seat. You had become a teacher in the new age. Uh, it looked like. According to the world standards, you were on top of the world with lots of money, lots of great things, uh, lots of fame in that in that arena. But your life had become very destructive as far as your your real life. How did you find your way out of that? Right, like you said, I was uh, extremely successful in that field, extremely wealthy. Um, I was sinful beyond measure, and emotionally and psychologically broken beyond measure. I was full of greed, selfishness, uh, pride. I was a compulsive liar and a cheater. And I was, you know, living a, a double life, a horribly immoral life, all while teaching people how to be you know, the best version of themselves, all while teaching people how to become enlightened and to uh, operate from higher consciousness and all this, all this junk. And um, anyone who does come out of this industry, by the way, will be able to testify to the moral and spiritual hypocrisy of New Age teachers. It's far from being free uh, of brokenness and addiction and, and evil, even from some of the large, largest New Age teachers out there. And so, um, you know, here I was, 22-year-old, uh, living in a 4,000-square-foot house, making tens of thousands a month. I had everything the world told me I should have. I, you know, I had a manifested abundance in my life, and I had a future uh, ahead of me that I thought, you know, I have a career now just completely set before my past. And uh, I was in a state of inner turmoil. Um, the Bible says that you were darkness. I was darkness. I was dead in my sins. And what happened is I had secret sin that began to find me out, and my secret life started to leak out to people around me in my private life, and I had to start confessing my sin to the people that I had been committing against them and ultimately against myself and against God. And this was the first time I was really able to see myself in a mirror. I was able to see the, the suffering and the evil and the brokenness that my life was creating that I was really suppressing and hiding beneath the surface. And, and so my mother asked me, Steve, are you ready to give your life to the Lord yet? And begrudgingly, and, you know, I was like, okay, fine, I'll say a prayer of salvation. <laughs> so I said this prayer of salvation, and, um, you know, I had suppressed intuitions about Jesus. In my research, you know, that New Age teachers always seem to try and go out of their way to account for the person of Jesus. And that was always a red flag to me. Why are they so concerned with explaining Jesus away? And so... Um, you know, my brokenness helped reveal to me that I wasn't being honest with the person of Jesus. I was suppressing the truth about him in unrighteousness because I wanted to be Lord over my own life. So mm-hmm. I was just saying, Jesus, I want more of you, whoever you are, wh- however you are. I want to be more honest and open toward you. And, and nothing really changed for a few weeks, but it reached a point where I had to confess even more sin. And when I confessed that sin, that's when I, I didn't have anything left. I had no strength left in me. Um, I had nothing except brokenness to offer the world. And that's when I went outside on, on the back balcony uh, of my house, and um, I just fell at my, uh, on my face before him. I was just weeping to him, uh, hoping he would hear me and forgive me. I was reaching out to him. I was telling him I was sorry that I need him. And uh, I was really just repenting for the first time, and I was just weeping before him. And when I did this, uh, Jesus showed up. And the only way I can describe it is that he revealed himself to me 
uh, spiritually, it felt like he almost entered in from, from the horizon, and he was there with me, and the atmosphere uh, changed. It became thick with a personal, divine, uh, authoritative presence that was all around me, and um, it became thick and heavy with his glory. I actually felt like I was being crushed, kind of like a diamond, because I couldn't stand up. I tried it, and I literally could not stand up because of the weightiness of his presence, and I was, I was getting absolutely overwhelmed. In that moment, his presence was within and upon me. And what was so profound to me is that when I was in his presence, I could sense the, the simplicity that is in Christ. Jesus is Lord. That's all I could say in my head. He's Lord. He's Lord. It's so simple. How did I miss this? He's Lord over me. He's Lord over creation. It was the Jesus of the New Testament. And I knew exactly in that moment who he was. And what was crazy and what was moving was it also seemed like uh, creation knew who he was. The the sounds of the birds and the crickets and the wind and the leaves on the trees, they were all worshiping him in that moment as he was there with me. Um, almost as if like the Lord kind of dropped a veil on creation and was showing me his position of worship over the created world by allowing me to see that even creation responds when he's there. And um, I could literally sense creation crying out to the Lord. And uh, that was that was the most powerful part of it was he was showing me his positioning over the universe. He was God over the universe. And um, so I'm there and I'm, I'm in his presence. I got, I got born again, completely born again and filled with the spirit. And I walked back inside after and the Holy Spirit started to reveal all these lies and deceptions from the New Age movement. And I saw how it was a carefully devised plot to systematically keep people away from salvation in Jesus. It was all a scheme against the cross, and it was so obvious to me in that moment. So that from that day forward, I never wrote another New Age article. I quit my job. I sold my house. I sold my car, and I back, I moved back in home where I've actually been for the last three years. Um, and I told people online, hey, Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. I actually apologized to them for leading them astray, and uh, I, I told them, hey, this is a demonic practice. This is dangerous. It's keeping you away from salvation in Jesus. And I, I created a new website called reasonsforjesus.com and a YouTube channel where I um, attempted to answer these frequently asked questions that New Agers were asking me and, and give them a biblical response, a scientific, a historical response to their arguments. Um, actually, the most frequently given objections to Christianity are the ones uh, my co-author and I outlined um, in our book, because I had tens of thousands of New Agers who were protesting me when I had come out of the New Age movement. And so I went from teaching the New Age full-time to teaching against it mm-hmm. for the Lord. And um, the response online, you know, it ranged from people telling me to kill myself and rid myself off the face of the earth to people leaving the New Age with me. Actually, one of the most prominent New Age teachers of all time, best-selling New Age author ever, her name is Doreen Virtue, um, she came out of the New Age movement recently as well. She says, hey, you know, I watched your videos. Your videos really helped me leave the New Age movement and, and uh, come out and have boldness to come out for the Lord. So the, the feedback ranged from people completely losing their minds and being extremely angry to some really prominent New Age teachers taking notes and, and leaving the New Age movement as well. So praise God for that. Yes, yes. And what about all of your sponsors and ad uh, buys that you had on your website? Once they, once you revealed this new change in you, what happened to all of that? Oh, man. Well, I, I mean, I went from making forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a month to losing thousands of dollars a month. And um, because my living expenses exceeded, I mean, I still had to sell my house. I still have mortgage coming out on the house and I wasn't making money. And then 
after I sold everything, uh, I was still losing money each each month because I had to have um, uh, money to have a website up online and I had other business expenses, but I wasn't making any money. I was in the red for a really long time. And it wasn't until like a year after I was saved that I even started to, to break even. I've barely been in a position where I can afford to move out. You know what, Stephen? I saw the video that you're talking about when you went online. The one where on YouTube where you're in your car and you're talking to people and telling them about um, about your experience of, of coming to be a believer in Jesus and not the new age. That is one of the most powerful things I have ever seen. So I would just encourage anyone who's listening um, to, you know, go to YouTube, type in Stephen's name, Stephen Bancars, and, and look for that video. It's one of the most stirring and powerful things I have ever seen in my life. So uh, thank you for doing that. I know um, it, it, it took a lot of guts to do that because you knew your life was going to change immediately. But what a life you came into and and also now are helping people get out of that, the one that you were in. But you, you, something different for you um, you found out that you started getting a gift of discernment, and you said you had you had gone back into your house after surrendering everything to Jesus, and you started getting all these revelations and revelations, which um, was new to you, and then also a gift of what what we know as the gift of discernment. Right, um, I think that's something the Lord gave me with immediately uh, after I got saved. I was able to very very quickly um, identify accurately when a spirit was in a room, when an atmosphere was oppressed, um, even just by looking at someone, I, I can tell, I still can tell what kind of spirit they are under. And that's one of the way, main ways I was able to kind of uh, separate light from dark and the holy from the profane and, and new age from, from the truth in my sanctification was, you know, not just scripture, of course, scripture, but also the witness of the spirit revealing to me, no, that, that's not kosher. That's not pure Holy Spirit. There's mm-hmm. something going on there. Mm-hmm. So even just by listening to someone speak or reading something someone wrote, um, the Holy Spirit has given me the ability to discern which spirit that is of and, um, you know, what's the flesh, what's the Lord, and what's demonic in that. And he's also beginning to grow me in, in the gift of uh, a prophecy as well a little bit, where I, I have words of knowledge come through sometimes and um, extremely timely words of wisdom that will just come to me randomly for, for a friend of mine or something. And it what's amazing to me and, and for people who, who are listening to this who might not be saved, is um, the supernatural is actually natural when Christianity is practiced the way that the Lord intends it to be. Um, your walk is a living encounter. And uh, I didn't know that element of the Christian walk was there. I thought Christianity was about, you know, do the things you don't want to do and avoid all the things you actually want to do so you can avoid going to hell. And what it actually is, it's a living, vibrant, visceral experience with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And as you said, he gave me that gift of discernment, and um, that's been absolutely crucial to me in, in my walk with the Lord thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that, that, that you talk about that I really want to make sure that people know this. Um, you know, when you were saved and you had completely surrendered to Jesus, oh, great, everything's going to be great now. But you were still for a time having very uh, uh, difficult demonic attacks, spiritual attacks, uh, up until you did something. Tell us about that. That's right. And, and just to be clear for the listeners, this wasn't just me who had demonic attacks um, after I came out of the New Age movement. Virtually all people, when they come out of the New Age movement, they have demonic attacks. Um, because a lot of a lot of the reason why is because okay they come to Christ, but then they still have all of their old 
occult paraphernalia, all of their idols are still in their house. And um, what does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 10, 20? That uh, he says, I imply what pagans offer unto idols, they offer unto demons. You can't sit at the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You can't drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Are we going to provoke the Lord to jealousy? And so by holding on to idols and uh, things that classify biblically as being idolatry, idolatrous books, idolatrous objects, even things like uh, dream catchers, for example, I was opening myself up to the principality behind idolatry that Paul tells us exists beyond um, the, the natural aspect of the idol, the supernatural principality behind the idol was oppressing me, it was oppressing my house, it was causing um, demonic attack and activity in my life. And when I started to realize, oh my gosh, these idols, these books in my house are giving legal ground to demons because I'm partaking in idolatry by having them in my house. By having them there, I'm stepping outside of the protective covering of the Father, and I'm making a declaration in the Spirit that I come into agreement with whatever is attached to or behind these idols and these objects. And um, so I decided I need to throw all this stuff out. And when I started to go on a hunt through my house to get rid of everything that was New Age, the occult, everything that represented any form of spirituality that was not biblical Christianity, the peace in my house, I mean, it surpassed understanding. I, I'd be wake, I, I woke up one morning in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up, and the peace it was just unbelievable. And so that's something we talk about in the book, and I have a video on my channel as well talking about, hey, we want to make sure we're not giving the enemy any legal ground or legal right into our life by partaking in idolatry. And, and one of the main ways we can protect ourselves against demonic attack is by making sure our, our house, our temple, is completely free of anything that represents the wrong kingdom. Any ammunition from the wrong kingdom needs to be taken out of our house and burned and thrown out, like it was in Acts 19.19. When the, the, the practitioners of, of, of magic repented, they burnt their scrolls. They burnt this stuff. They burnt their magic books, and uh, we should follow suit with that. I think that's a biblical precedent for what the Lord wants us to do with this type of uh, uh, with these type of objects and this type of material. And that set me free. That completely set me free from demonic attack. Wow. Wow. That that has got to be some great information for a lot of people listening out there. And I know it will be. But but, you know, after you were completely free, then, you know, you you were free and you started to have some visions of Jesus, which which sort of solidified and, and helped you know some of the things about your relationship with him. Tell us about a couple of those. Right. Um, so I believe that in, in Christianity, it can be uh dangerous at times if we're pursuing a an experience over and above pursuing Jesus. Mm -hmm. But if we're pursuing Jesus with all our heart, we're going to have an experience because he's, he's the living God. He's a living divine person. And so there were some times in, in brokenness in my sanctification where um, I would completely release myself unto him and say, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to get breakthrough here. Would you please lead me, Lord, into to something that will give me a revelation of what you want me to know in this moment. And, and the only way I can describe it is um, in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit kind of, I'm able to grasp it with just the fringes of my mind, what the Spirit is, is showing me and communicating to me. I'm having um, like visuals come through of, of the Lord, the Lord interacting with me. And uh, two times, uh, one night I had, it was really, really powerful and completely healed me and changed me uh, permanently. Um, I had two, what I would call, I don't know, waking visions. I don't know what we call them, but one of them was um, I was sitting in a field. I was just broken. I was just like crying in a field, sitting down. The Lord came over to me, and he walked over to me in white robes, and he bent down, and he held out a hand to lift me up. And that was symbolizing 
yes, I'm compassionate for you. Yes, I'm here with you, but let's get up. I want to help you stand. And the other one, which was completely, it completely wrecked me emotionally, was um, it was me sitting at a table with the Lord. Uh, I'll probably cry. Um, <clears throat> I was sitting at a table with the Lord, and it was just him. Hmm. And it was a small table. Um, a small circular table. And uh, at that point, I felt like I was so defiled that, um, I don't know, he didn't really want to spend time with me or I would have some kind of tent in some swamp area in heaven or something. And what he showed me was that that's what he wanted with me more than anything. That that's why he came and died on a cross so that he could sit across from me in heaven and just have that face-to-face, one-to-one personal encounter with me. And that I had that kind of value and worth to him, that that's how much he wanted to be just intimate with me, just to know me and be known by me. But that was his agenda in my life, the simplicity of that. The Lord wants to sit across from me and fellowship with me, that that's his heart toward me. And uh, I saw it. I saw him. I saw his hands, how they were positioned. And that uh, that set me free. That set me free from a lot. So that was amazing. I didn't know any of this stuff was possible when I came to Christ. And uh, experiences like that uh, really do solidify the the validity of, of the Bible and of the person of Jesus, because he's a living, a living person, and he's willing to give us encounters with him. It's his pleasure to do that. And it's relationship. It's a real relationship. I mean, that's what you were experiencing in that, in that open vision. You were experiencing relationship, the one-on-one, that, that, that personal time. Oh, my goodness. We're going to need to take a quick break. And um, we're talking with Stephen Bancars today, and uh, we want to make available to you this brand-new book, The Second Coming of the New Age by Stephen Bancars and also by Josh Peck, and also Stephen's brand-new and exclusive teaching series called The New Age Exposed. The CDs include What is the New Age, where he talks a lot more about that than you've heard today. Common Deceptions, which we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. And Christianity versus the New Age, that just just will give you all kinds of information to combat the New Age when when you are faced with it. So as I said before, these are truly life-changing. Well, be sure to stay with us. When we come back, Stephen's going to get down to some specifics about the New Age. We'll be right back. The Bible says the Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. Warning, there is taking place a second coming of the New Age movement. I'm a former New Age teacher who found the truth through a supernatural encounter with Jesus. The New Age movement is a deception that is invading our culture right now and even our churches. My goal is to expose this deception and all the works of the enemy and to equip you, your family, and your church for victory. Call now and get Stephen Van Carr's prophetic eye-opening book, The Second Coming of the New Age, and his powerful three-part audio CD teaching set, The New Age Exposed. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9601. Through Stephen Van Carr's new book, you will clearly understand 
understand the Antichrist spirit of the new age and how entrenched its practices have become, even in the church itself. You will read what Stephen Bancars personally witnessed from his experience as a highly acclaimed teacher within the new age movement. Discover the real and dangerous supernatural force lurking behind the new age. Find out the connections between the new age, fallen angels, extraterrestrials, and the Nephilim. Connect the historical associations between the new age movement and Satanism. See how the central deity of the new age is a thinly veiled version of Leviathan, the ancient personification of chaos. Realize how quantum physics is being manipulated to promote the new age agenda. Learn the warning signs and influences of the occult in your life and home, and what to do if you're under spiritual attack. Understand how to reach family and friends lost in the new age movement. You will also receive Stephen Pankar's three-part audio CD teaching set, The New Age Exposed. He touches upon several topics that everyone should know concerning the dangers of the New Age movement. On CD number one, he covers what is the New Age? Why are people drawn to it? What satanic supernatural reality accompanies New Age practices? How you can identify New Age teachings and practices in your life or in the lives of others? On CD number two, he covers common New Age deceptions, the dangers of yoga, crystals, astral projection, and more. How the New Age even is infiltrating the church. Why the New Age is an open door for demonic activity, strongholds, and possession. On CD number three, he covers the difference between believing in a personal God versus an impersonal force, the power of the Holy Spirit versus the counterfeit of the new age, how to witness to people who are in the new age. On every audio CD, Stephen prays for you to receive more discernment, wisdom, and the ability to help those who have succumbed to the seductive spirit and practices of the new age. Don't miss out on getting Stephen Bancar's prophetic eye-opening book, The Second Coming of the New Age, and his powerful three-part audio CD teaching set, The New Age Exposed. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9601. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9601 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision, everyone. I'm sure if you're listening today, what a powerful, powerful testimony we are hearing from Stephen Bancars. And just before we went to break, Stephen was talking about an open vision that he had that showed him and made him realize that Jesus was personally interested in him. And we were pretty much all all broken up by the by the end of uh, Stephen sharing that. But I, I wanted to touch on that just, just quickly now. And, and Stephen, have you pray for those that are listening out there? Because I can just feel it that there are a lot of people that do not know what you experienced there. They do not know that Jesus is personally interested in them. Will you pray? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lord, we just pray right now for, for anyone who's listening to this, Jesus, who um, is struggling, feeling worthless, feeling um, unnoticed, feeling maybe even abandoned. Lord, I pray that um, you would just reveal your heart toward them, Lord. Uh, your word says that uh, they were the joy set before you, Lord. Your word says that they were fearfully and wonderfully made, that uh, they were knit together by you in their mother's womb, Lord. You've put a tremendous price on their life, Lord. We just thank you that they are worth the, the blood and body of Jesus to the Father. They're not a worm in the dirt, Lord Jesus. We thank you that 
Um, they're the apple of your eye, that your word says, Jesus, all of your delight is in them. And we pray, Lord God, that uh, the goodness of God would, would lead people to repentance today and would help uh, change people's minds away from this uh, victim mentality, this any kind of depressive, self-hating spirit. We just rebuke that in Jesus' name, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to reveal the heart of the Lord toward all of the listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I I had told everyone before we left for break that we were going to talk about some of the specifics, just in case that uh, they they haven't really gotten what what are we what is it we're trying to say? What are we talking about today? So give us just a few of the the experience that I know you say are real, and yes, they're real, but they're also demonic. Uh, uh, give us a few of those, Stephen. Right, and that's really important to know. And and our whole first chapter is about that how the Bible oftentimes says, hey, these experiences, yeah, they're real, but they're real because there's a demonic principality behind these experiences. And um, sometimes when we're engaging with people who are in the New Age New Age movement, we look really unbelievable to them if we just say, oh, well, you're making it all up. There's nothing to any of that. You're just hallucinating and imagining the whole thing. And it's like God's Word doesn't say that. Let's look at Acts 16, 16, for example, where a woman was possessed by a spirit of divination. Um, in the Greek, the word there is pythonus. It's a python spirit who was able to give her some kind of ability to predict uh, the future with a high degree of probability, and she made her um, employer a lot of money in doing this. And it says you know, she was literally possessed by a spirit of divination, and Paul cast that spirit of divination out of her. So obviously some psychic reading, some psychic ability, yes, it's you know, faked. Yes, it's you know, people just are trying to make a quick buck sometimes, but sometimes it really is demonic in nature, and the Bible confirms that in Acts 16.16. 16. Another one would be um, the practice of black magic. Uh, so something in the New Age movement, one of the kind of founders of the New Age movement really was Aleister Crowley. He really popularized the occult in the West, and they would practice a type of magic that was similar to Egyptian magic called Salema. And if you go to Exodus chapter 7 and chapter 8, you will see that Moses and Aaron, they approach Pharaoh, and um, they're performing miracles to Pharaoh as a demonstration of God's power that he should let the people of God go. And it says this, it's really interesting. Um, it says, for the first three miracles that Moses and Aaron performed, it says, the magicians of Egypt replicated those miracles, quote, by their secret arts. So the Egyptian secret arts the black magic practices of Egypt, they were able to actually do things like turn a staff into a serpent. And it actually says Moses and uh, Aaron's uh, staff or the serpent ate the other serpent, which is obviously a, a demonstration of victory and of God's sovereignty and power over the forces of darkness. But there are forces of darkness behind these practices. And so we as a church, we need to make, make sure that we are educated and equipped to be able to have conversation with those who are lost in the occult, if we can affirm their worldview up into a certain point and be like, yes, I believe you're making contact with some kind of entity. Um, I don't think it's a spirit guide, but I do think you're contacting some kind of intelligence. Can we look at what the Bible has to say about something like that? That really goes a long way with people in the New Age movement, and we're also being more biblically accurate as well. That is, that's a perfect example, Stephen, of, of what I think people are going to find when they listen to your teaching series. You, you, you give some points. How do we talk to these people? What do we need to know? What do we need to say so that we don't shut them down or all of a sudden make them defensive and they take a hike and they're, you know, not going to listen to us? But what do we need to say? What kinds of things 
can we say to them that validate what they're saying, but then saying, but let's look at this. So I just, um, I, I, I love the teaching and there, there's all kinds of, of, of things in there when you teach on those points. And something else that I found fascinating is it, you talk about exposing false Christs and, and the gospel being taught in the New Age movement that, that's a false teaching. Right. So people such as um, Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, the reason I bring up these names over and over is these are number one New York Times bestselling authors. Mm-hmm. You know, people like Marianne Williamson, people like um, Wayne Dyer in his series Conversations with God, which has sold, you know, 10 plus million. Millions. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Celestine Prophecy, which has sold 25 million plus copies. Um, you know, this is stuff, Christ Consciousness, which we're about to talk about. Now, this is being advocated you know, by Oprah, by Russell Brand, okay, by Jim Carrey. Um, so this is not some, you know, fringe topic anymore. This is at the forefront of, of mainstream bookstores. And so this idea of Christ consciousness, there's many different teachings um, that the New Age movement will say uh, about the person of Jesus. We have a whole chapter on the false Christ and false gospel of the New Age movement uh, in the book. But the primary teaching is that Jesus came here to teach us Christ consciousness. So what they'll do is they'll redefine God as being um, a personal being outside of space and time to being the very substance of reality, the substance of the universe, the substance of creation. And so that means we are all made of God. We are literally made of the substance and being of God. And so Jesus is someone who came here to show us how to realize that we are intrinsically divine, that we're literally made up of God. And so what it means to be enlightened in this context is to enter into the kingdom of God, which is a metaphor for a state of consciousness of living from a place of mind and a realization that I am God, that God is me, that I am that I am. And so Christ consciousness is the idea that man is inherently unified with God, but is separated from God through self-ignorance, not because we are sinful creatures, not because we have an inherent creator-creation distinction, but because we just don't know who we are, we really don't know that we're divine by nature. So Jesus came here to teach us, hey, I'm going to show you how to do it, because you guys are all God, just like I am. And they'll, the New Age movement will abuse this verse. Is it not written in your law that ye are gods? Why are you blaspheming when I say I'm the son of God, when even your own law says it's written, ye are gods? And they'll use this to try and say, oh, wow, look at Jesus teaching mankind they're divine. The Bible says, put fear in them, O Lord, let the nations know they are but men. The Bible says Egyptians are man and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. The Bible completely rejects this idea that man is somehow equal to God by nature, but that's the idea being taught in the New Age movement. And um, as I said, this is something that's extremely prominent and popular right now. Um, It's uh, really the core doctrine of the New Age movement. If you want to say you're living from the state of Christ consciousness, that's, that's the highest claim you could make about yourself. That's the goal for the New Age practitioner is to reach a state of Christ consciousness where they are unified with the being and substance of God. Obviously, the Bible renders that absolutely impossible. The three people in Scripture in Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, and uh, King Herod in Acts 12 who tried to wear deity for themselves and could say, I am God, I sit in the seat of gods, right? I will exalt myself to the level of God. They were all issued the, the death penalty firsthand by the Lord himself. So this idea is not only false, it's, it's extremely blasphemous uh, to, to God. My goodness, I, question. I have a question, Stephen. When you were deep in the New Age movement, did you think you were God? I thought, absolutely. Absolutely, I thought I was God. Wow. Um, 
I thought people, everyone was God, right? So I didn't just think I was God because I had some super evolved state of consciousness. I thought my cat was God. I thought the truth hmm. in front of me was God. And, and this idea, it's really popular right now. It's called pantheism. It's a type of theism that says God is um, equal to the universe. And I believe that the universe was divine, that all things in it were divine. All things were literally made from the being of God and kind of shared in the being of God. A metaphor for what I believed was, imagine you have God as being a light, and you you shine that light on a prism, and that prism kind of fractals out all these different colors. All those colors would be the created world in my mind. And I thought, okay, well, I'm one of those fragments of the creator, therefore I'm God. And um, I mean, everyone in the New Age movement really believes that. Uh, and, you know, so does Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Literally verbatim in, in her book, all is God and God is the all. And that's equal to saying I am God, everyone's God. Um, you know, God says in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. And the New Age movement, New Age teachers say, be still and know that you are God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, I've read this in your book, but when I hear you say it, it is so, so staggering and, and so powerful. But I want to ask you a question while we're talking about this. It's something I keep coming back to when you had that salvation experience and you said you were kneeling and you were weeping, and you were crying out to God and something happened that you noticed and you were talking about nature and creation around you. And because, see, this makes so much sense why that was so powerful to you because you were thinking nature is God and God is nature and God is the crickets and the crickets and the flowers and everything is God. But all of a sudden that became different for you. Is that why that was so powerful to you? Because all of a sudden you felt like they were all recognizing him. That's right. That's exactly right. I used to meditate in, in nature. I'd spend hours in the forest. Um, I would literally look at a tree for 30 minutes and just practice mindfulness looking at a tree. And I really thought God was the substance of that tree. And wow, this tree is divine. It partakes in the being of God. And then when Jesus showed up, he showed me that that tree eagerly awaits its redemption. That tree is not God. That tree uh, is a created object, and I'm the creator, and I'm over top of it. I'm sovereign. I'm in control. And uh, I could sense exactly, like you said, that he was Lord over creation, that the universe was subject to him. It didn't share identity with him. It didn't share nature with him. It was subject to him. It was lower than him. And they were all recognizing him and his lordship. Right. Well, it says that all of creation is, is groaning in the pains of, of childbirth. And it says the creation is uh, awaiting for the day for the sons of God to be revealed. Um, I don't know if there's some kind of implicit intelligence in the created world, but there is a relationship. It talks about that in Romans 8, this relationship creation has to the lordship of Jesus. And I was able to sense that in the spirit that, hey, you know, when the Lord shows up, somehow the created world takes notice. It responds to him. And that was so powerful to me. That's when I really came undone. Hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, even the universe, if the universe itself, if creation itself recognizes Jesus, who am I to deny him? My goodness. My goodness. Okay, I want to, uh, let's let's say one more thing before we go on and talk about our church and uh, New Age and our church. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on when you were talking about the Christ consciousness was that that was the temptation that was put forth to Eve, right? That's exactly right. Um, you know, she came to Eve and said that through some kind of knowledge that you don't already have, you know, the knowledge of good and evil, eating up the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, 
through some kind of special knowledge, you can become as God. You can become as the gods, as it says in the King James Version. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's the exact same lie. It's been the same lie for 6,000 years. He hasn't needed to change his game plan because it's still leading millions and millions and millions of people astray. They're still buying into that same deception that, hey, you know, you're divine. Either you're divine or you can become divine through self-realization. It's literally the exact same lie told in the Garden of Eden, and it's really ironic that um, people like Deepak Chopra teach this stuff and say Jesus came to teach us that we are all divine, when in reality it was the teaching that we are all divine that brought sin into the world in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's the very teaching that Jesus had to come here to die for, to redeem the world from the effects of sin. It says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The first work of the devil was to teach everyone that they are God and that they can become God. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's literally the complete opposite of what Jesus and the Bible teaches. And like you said, this is a very ancient deception that goes right back to the garden. Yes. Fortunately, people are still buying into that. Yes. And something that I truly cannot um, believe, but now that I I see how you how you talk about it and how you teach it, uh, it, it's so popular even in our churches. And I, I don't I don't think can they be aware of it or do they just need to become aware of it? And how has it infiltrated our churches and in what ways? I think it's, you know, if we don't if we don't talk about something, uh, if we don't identify a problem. Uh, you can't really have a solution to a problem when it's not being identified. And so um, we do need to be educated on this stuff so we can not only identify the problem, but equip people with responses to mm-hmm. teaching. So a, a really big thing that you see right now is um, Christians are practicing yoga all over the place. Um, and it's not just that Christians are going to yoga studios. It's that there's Christian yoga ministries. It's that churches are literally opening up their doors to allow yoga instructors to come in and teach yoga in their churches. And what's dangerous about this is that, first of all, yoga is Hinduism by definition. The word yoga actually means union, and it refers to a state of union that uh, where the personal sense of self, the Atman, the personal self, is realized as being Brahman. Uh, the universal spirit that Hindus will say undergirds reality and kind of undergirds the universe. So yoga literally means union. It's about bringing the personal self into union with God, right? So yoga is not just stretching. It's not just, you know, breathing techniques and helping you feel relaxed. It's literally designed to shift your consciousness and align the energy systems of your body that you can facilitate this realization of being God. And this state of realization, it's called moksha, M-O-K-S-H-A. This is the end goal of yoga historically and theologically. It's literally Hinduism in practice. And what's dangerous is that, okay, people are like, well, I don't really treat it as being that. I want to separate it from its Hindu roots and just kind of do the stretches and do the postures and whatever. Now, what's dangerous about that is that some poses, such as the warm-up pose, um, that's a sun salutation or it's a moon salutation. And, you know, we know what Romans 1 says about those who, who worship the created thing rather than the creator. That's a capital sin. I mean, that's idolatry. That's extremely serious to God. And some of these postures, they're actually named after the polytheistic deities of Hinduism. And they're meant to invoke the properties and the essences of these gods into their lives. So these postures are literally meant to interact with the gods of Hinduism and the energies of these gods. Uh, it's extremely demonic in nature. Um, historically speaking, one, one interesting thing that the listeners may find interesting is that, um, historically speaking, there's uh, supernatural attainments that are known to happen to a person as a result of them practicing yoga. And they're called siddhis in Hinduism, primary and secondary siddhis. Uh, 
so they will teach you, hey, when you practice, practice yoga properly, here are some of the things that you'll be able to achieve. You'll be able to leave your body and go into another person's body. You'll be able to see into the past lives of the gods. You'll be able to see into the future. You'll be able to leave your body at will. You'll be able to have supreme lordship over all creation. And so for people who want to say that yoga is just a matter of stretching and breathing, then how come historically it's taught that when you practice it correctly, you're able to do things that the Bible says happen only through the power of demons, mm -hmm. especially when you incorporate things like incense and chanting and you know consciousness-shifting music. It's an extremely dangerous practice, and um, unfortunately, it's not really being talked about that much from the pulpit, but um, that's actually one of just of one of many ways. Yes. This is so, so, so much information. I just, I have to say again, I encourage you to get this information, the teaching, um, the the book, the, the Second Coming of the New Age. I encourage you to get that. It's so, so much information. Um, I, I want to leave today, Stephen, with something that you said that uh, just hit me. Um, you said, there is no grace available in the New Age theology. Talk to us just for a moment before we leave everybody about grace. Yeah, well, grace is um, traditionally understood as being unmerited favor, and um, salvation in Christianity comes by grace through faith, meaning that uh, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. Salvation was paid for fully on the cross in the death and resurrection of Jesus, and it's given to you as a free gift. That's why it's called the free gift of salvation. There's nothing you have to do except turn to the Lord with a repentant faith and believe on Him, and that's when you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. You're a new creature in Christ. You've began your supernatural walk with the Creator of the universe. But in the New Age movement, it's works-based salvation. So Christianity is the only religious system that teaches you can have relationship with God and enter into eternal relationship with Him through absolutely nothing of your own effort, just receiving the free gift of salvation by faith. Whereas the New Age movement wants to say, no, you need to practice meditation to reach a state of God consciousness. Mm -hmm. You need to practice yoga. You need to cleanse the energy systems of your body. You need to study the mysteries of Gnosticism and of mystery schools. You need to raise your vibration. You need to take psychedelics to shift your consciousness. The list goes on and on and on. It's yes. a space system. Yes. And for me, I remember looking at my bookshelf. I had a bookshelf with all these New Age books after I got saved. And I felt such divine peace and divine rest for the first time ever because I knew I knew the truth. For the first time, I knew I had God. The spirit of truth was living inside me. Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I knew the truth because of the spirit that he gave to me, who is called the spirit of truth. And I knew I didn't have to work anymore. I didn't have to stress and try to figure out how does all of this stuff fit together and how does it fit into the Bible. Jesus is who he claimed to be. It's that simple. Salvation is a free gift. You don't have to work for anything. Um, the New Age movement wants to have you running in circles, chasing your tail your whole life, trying to become enlightened and reach some higher state of consciousness that the Bible says it's impossible. Well, you know what? I'm going to end with one more quote from you. I'm going to end, and then I'm going to have you pray for the folks that are listening. Uh, you said, and I love, love this, the gospel is not just about what God has saved us from. It's also about what God has saved us for. So, oh, I love that so much. Stephen, would you pray for everyone? I'm just going to leave it up to you, what, whatever you feel like on your heart for all those that have heard this message today. Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I would just pray right now for a revelation of truth to all those who are listening, Lord. 
that your spirit would just completely possess them and overwhelm them with the truth of the gospel. I pray, Lord, for um, boldness in the lives of people listening, that they would be able to take a stand against this deception uh, in their sphere of influence, Lord, whether that's friends or family members, Lord, that you would give them uh, the ability, the desire, the zeal, and the fire to stand up against the lies and the teachings of the New Age movement around those people, uh, loved ones in their life, Lord God, that you would equip them with the knowledge they need to be able to combat this and to be able to minister to people around them, Lord God. I thank you just for clarity and for truth to be outpoured on people who are listening, that you would give them the ability to uh, sift between lies and deception, the holy and the profane in their own lives, oh God, that um, you would give them just supernatural discernment to be able to identify anything in their lives that is not of you, anything in their thoughts that is not of you, Lord. Uh, We just ask as well, Holy Spirit, that you would um, move on people to maybe even consider things in their house, any objects or books in their house, that might be giving some kind of doorway to demons of the occult, demons of New Age, demons of spiritism, demons of divination. Lord God, would you begin to do a work of sanctification in the lives of those who are saved, who are listening right now, that they would be able to clean their lives out from any kind of residual uh, effect the enemy may be having on their lives as a result of their entanglement uh, with the New Age indirectly, Lord. Uh, We just pray for those who are listening as well, Jesus, who um, who maybe don't know you, or maybe are, are backslidden, Jesus, that they would come to know uh, salvation in you, that they would, uh, their hearts would be stirred by the Spirit, that you would draw them, that your Spirit would bear witness to them about Jesus, that it would convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that they would know that there's uh, love, purpose, uh, destiny uh, available in you, forgiveness available in you. We thank you, Lord, that you're a living God, that there's a, a supernatural reality that comes to life, when we partner with you and when we submit to your lordship, we thank you for who you are, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stephen, thanks so much for being with us today. And I want to thank everyone that's listening and that has uh, uh, been here for the program today. I know that this has been some great information for you. And Sid's going to come right now and let you know how you can get this powerful, and as I said before, life-changing and life-saving resource for your own. Sid? Stephen Bancarts is a former New Age guru, a New Age teacher, and author who ran one of the largest New Age websites in the world. Then he experienced something the New Age couldn't offer. Now his goal is to expose the deception behind the dangerous and demonic New Age movement. You can get Stephen's brand new book, The Second Coming of the New Age, and his brand new exclusive teaching series, The New Age Exposed, for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Be sure to ask for offer number 9601. That's offer number 9601.